رادیو رومی Hi everyone, this is Fatima Keshavarz and this is a new episode of Radio Rumi. I hope you're all well and ready to listen to more poetry and think about various aspects of these wonderful verses that Jalaluddin Rumi has gifted to the Persian language and through that language to the rest of the world. As you know very well these days, um, his work is being translated in many different languages and that is no longer a barrier. And it is my pleasure to be speaking in these podcasts about his poetry in English. So, I'm sitting in my study in Capitol Hill. I'm a teacher of Persian and of mystical literature, and I've spent much of my life reading and thinking about um, the works of grandmasters such as Rumi. With that, today I'm going to bring to you aspects of one of his major works known as the Divane Shams. So, what is the Divane Shams? And why am I talking about it? First, as you know, Rumi is the author of many different works, including a major philosophical, mystical kind of compendium that tells his um, followers how to practice their mystical tradition. And that's known as the Masnavi. And... Its idea is basically very practical, but it's expressed at a very high philosophical level. The meaning of life, you know, the predestination or um, choice, free will, uh, various other ethical issues are in the Masnavi. And he usually uses stories in order to explicate some of those very difficult topics. We have also spoken about the Fihimafi, or the book that brings together his discourses of Rumi, which I often um, 
point out that I don't like to call his sermons, even though he speaks to a large group of people very often, because he's not really giving a formal sermon. It's not in that uh, on that level, but he's speaking, and there are a lot of people who come to listen to him, and that's known as Fiumafi. Um, there are lots of, again, stories and very beautiful and very poetic metaphors in the Fihamafi, including the famous uh, phrase that I have quoted very often, Haktala aftalbast, barhamegan mitalbat, bari jame sabukhtar kon, ta bebini. God, the Most High, is the sun. He or she shines on everyone. The sun shines on everyone. So wear less so you can taste the warmth of the sun. In other words, don't layer yourself with all kinds of preoccupations and thoughts so that you will be deprived of the warmth uh, and generosity of the sun. So the other work, which has come to be known as Divan Shams, is the one that I'm going to start talking about. I don't know if we can fit it all in one episode, but there is no uh, hurry to uh, condense things into one program. So let's just start and let it lead us into the corpus of his lyric poetry, which is the body of literature that the Divan has brought together. So over his lifetime, Rumi wrote about 35,000 lyrical verses. And I'm going to repeat that. 35,000 lyrical verses. In fact, it sounds like uh, magic <laughs> or something that one has to be doubtful about, but they're all there. They're all in, in, in the divan. It shows that um, there was a kind of fountaining, a kind of gushing forth of a poetic energy um, that had very strong and compelling reasons for him to get expressed. And so, therefore, he continued to express them. They could happen any time. And very often, other people took notes of them. There are, in fact, legends that he wrote them as he was dancing and as he was whirling. We don't really know those things, but he certainly expressed a lot of them in a state of ecstasy. And... The, div, the word divan actually means just collection of lyrics of any poet. So you have divan of Hafiz, divan of Sadi, um, divan of uh, almost any Persian-speaking poet um, would be called a divan. In his case, there is something else about this body of literature which is quite interesting, and that is it is known as Divan Shams, not Divan Rumi. And you might ask yourself why. If you remember, Shams is the teacher 
who um, came to the city of Konya where Rumi lived when Rumi was in his 40s or thereabout. And um, something very important happened in his life. There was a, a transformation of sorts although sometimes this transformation has been exaggerated by biographers. But anyway, there was a major change in his life, including writing more lyric poetry, although he had written lyric poetry before too. But then the other thing that happened was that he um, adopted the name of his teacher, Shams, as his pen name for his lyric poetry, not elsewhere not in the Masnavi, um, not in uh, when he spoke in his discourses, but when he wrote lyric poetry, he always ended the ghazals, or each of these lyric pieces, with a mention of Shams's name. The other thing which is very interesting about these lyric poems is that he constantly complained about having to write them in a very interesting way, um, in a kind of what the British would call tongue-in-cheek, so kind of half-joking, not really serious. He would say, So again, I think about writing these poems with rhymes and I thinking about rhyming them and the beloved says, don't think about anything but me. Isn't that beautiful? So in a way, this complaint is a complaint of any artist. You kind of, when you create something creative, a work of art, you're kind of fighting with your own medium, or, or at least struggling. You want it to do more. You want it to open doors for you. You want to say more, you know, and sometimes um, he's frustrated. He's like, I want to say more and I can't. And, you know, the, the words don't really come to my aid. And at other times he says, my words want to break my body open. So now his words and his poetry in this last one is in a position of dominance. So you can see that he's constantly thinking and talking about writing poetry, particularly in this lyrical form, because because he feels the wave of creativity, the life, the energy, um, the transforming energy that come out of these words. So he values them and gives them almost a personality and argues with them and asks them to make changes or stop being so stubborn or powerful or praises them. Sometimes he praises them and he says, you know, this poem I write is the voice of the angels. Or another time he says, it's like Egyptian bread. It's just hot and fresh and, and fragrant and you have to eat it when it's fresh. So again, you can see what a 
stormy and at the same time close and loving relationship he has with um, his own poetic voice, which then explains that this isn't surprising when he says, Hin Speak a new language so the world would be a new world. Hin Speak a new language so the world would be a new world. So the world will be free of its limits and would become a new world. Again, very beautiful perception of speaking. Now, if you look at the bigger context of this particular poem, which I just quoted, speak a new language so the world would be a new world, you can also see that it's possible that he's speaking to God and is saying that your words, God, are your creations. Speak a new language so you would create new worlds or you would refresh the world, which again assigns a lot of value to the activity of speaking. Well, with all of that in mind, I want to start giving you more specific samples from the divine. And I want to give you my own metaphor here, which is by no means the only metaphor that you can have about the divine shams of Rumi or the lyric poetry of Rumi. You can have many different metaphors. You will, if you begin to familiarize yourself with this body of literature, with this lively uh, body of literature, you begin to create your own metaphors in your thoughts. My metaphor is a vast, shoreless sea. It's almost like you're standing on uh, the edge of this sea and you cannot see the end of it. And you can, you can see the various activities and in a way personality of the sea. Sometimes it begins to be stormy. حالا آشغان بکوشید که جسم و جان نماند دلتان به چرخ پرد چو بدن گران نماند. Now I'm going to read a lot of Persian in this particular episode and if you don't know Persian, first of all I will try to provide translations, but if you don't know Persian, don't be disappointed. First of all, you can often always try to learn Persian and if you are in the Maryland area you can come to University of Maryland and take Persian with us. Now that I have um, um, put um, a word here for our program back to (laughs) to the concept don't be disappointed if you don't understand it because today I'm going to give you a lot of examples from the Divan because I want you to hear the music of it. I want you to hear the sea roaring and stormy. And then you, I want you to see it calm down, go to sleep even, and give another variation of its presence. So 
Back to the storm. حلاشقان بکوشید که جسم و جان نماند دلتان به چرخ پرد چو بدن گران نماند دل و جان به آب حکمت زقبار ها بشوید هله تا دو چشم حسرت سوی خاک دان نماند Oh lovers, try Try to get rid of body and soul both The storm it wants to uproot everything Try to do away with body and soul both Try for your hearts to take wings and fly, fly up high and not stay heavy like your muscles on earth. In other words, listen to this rhythm and fly with it. And then what is it that can help you with this flight? Delojan be'aq be'hikmat ze'qobar ha' be'shu'id. Hala. Wash your heart and soul with waves of wisdom. Hikmat is not just knowledge. It's knowledge that is, that is combined with um, practical understanding of the world around you. So wisdom is really a better word. Delojan be aw be hikmat ze qabar ha bishuid. Hale ta do chashm hasrat suy khak dan namanad. So that is what he means by flying up into the sky when you wash your heart and soul with waves of wisdom so that your two eyes are not fixed craving for the earth. In other words, of course you need your body. Of course you need your home. Of course you have to live on earth. But if you have the wisdom that defines your life, you take steps upwards and do not stay attached to the earth. He does something else in a lot of his lyric poetry towards the end which I'm going to quote from this ghazal. And by the way, I'm not going to read complete ghazals to you because we will not be able to fit them in one program. Maybe in the future when our uh, topical focus is less, then I'll pick one long poem and read and analyze all of it in one episode. But for now, parts of each ghazal will do because it, uh, we, we want to move forward to other ideas. And here's the idea I want to give you now, um, that in many of these wonderfully dynamic and full of movement uh, words and phrases, he ends by saying, you, my reader, you, my listener, take part in this. Write your own ghazal, write your own poem, contribute to what I'm doing here. To the low del furukhan betamang min kazalra. From my heart, from the sheet of my heart on which my poems are written, read all of this kazal. 
which can then be totally endless. You could read it for as long as you, the reader, have the energy and the patience and the interest to continue to read. تو زلوه دل فروخان به تمام این قزل را منگر تو در زبانم که دل و زبان نماند. Don't limit yourself to my words. Read this poem from the, my heart, which is a sheet on which these poems are written. Read from that page. Don't look at my words because my tongue, my language, my words are not eternal. In other words, get this concept, get the essence of this concept, make it yours and then write it as your own poem. Once again, he wants his reader to have his or her agency. That is the reader has to have the ability to rewrite these poems in his or her own language. And with that thought in mind, I want to take you to another concept which is expressed very beautifully in the Divan Shams or the collection of the lyric poems of Rumi. Um, which are the focus of this particular podcast, this particular episode of Radio Rumi. And before I get you there, let me once more remind everyone, you can be a part of these conversations in these podcasts as well. I would be delighted if you write to me with your own words, your own thoughts, your ideas, suggestions, even poems so that I can turn these episodes into a conversation between us. And how can you write to me? By emailing me at radiorumi at umd.edu. Radiorumi, one word, and at umd.edu. Back to the concept I wanted to introduce here, another concept from the Divan, and that is what is known in the Muslim mystical tradition or Sufism as the concept of Khalq Mujaddad or uh, recreation, constant recreation of the world. Many mystics, including Rumi, Many Muslim mystics, they believe that the creation has not ended with that initial burst of the godly breath that breathed into all of us and into the constellations of stars and all of the existence, the universe. That has been only the beginning. Now, constantly, every day, every instant, everything is being recreated. The recreation, constant recreation of the world. Now, this is a very difficult, very difficult concept to understand because we live in a world where 
objects around us are solid. Of course, we know through physics of particles now that at the heart of everything, there is a huge movement going on. And this solidity is what we see at the level, but not necessarily all that there is. Nonetheless, back to poetry and not science, it's very hard for us to see the constant recreation of the world um, because what we touch appears to stay the same. But Rumi tries to give us examples of this by looking at situations in which things change. غم رفت, گریه رفت, بقای من و تو باد. هر جا که گریه ایست, کنون خنده می شود. So, غم رفت, گریه رفت, بقای من و تو باد. هر جا که گریه ایست کنون خنده می شود. Sadness left. Tears left. May you and I be here. For we can now see that wherever there was a cry and there was a tear is now going to turn into laughter. In other words, he wants us to see that in the same way that Um, sadness could turn into happy feelings, tears could turn into laughter, our moods can change, our shapes change, our thoughts and our knowledge changes, that other things can change too. It's just hard for us with our human ability and senses to see this world around us, which is in constant flux, which changes all the time. Now let me show you another example where Rumi tells us about these changes through the metaphor of the arrival of the beloved. Imagine someone you love very much and that person is away. For a long time you have been missing him or her and thinking about that person and suddenly that person arrives. How do you feel? Don't even the trees look more beautiful? Doesn't the sun feel brighter? So, Kofresh Hamei Manshot Tabaud Chenin Bado. The beloved became mine or became friendly with me, came to me. Mashu Rebesal Manshot Tabaud Chenin Bado. May it always be like this. Kofresh Hamei Manshot Tabaud Chenin Bado. All the anger, all the disbelief turned into faith. Oh, may it always be like this. Shabraft, Sabu Haumat, Gamraft, Fotu Haumat, Hoshi, Derachshan Shud, Tabal, Chenin Bado. So you can actually see the rhythm of change here. Shabraft, Sabu Haumat, 
the night disappeared, the morning came. Gam raft for two homad. Sadness left. Victory came. But it's victory in a very broad sense, not in in the sense of the you know military victory. In fact, for two is more spiritual victory. The sun started to shine. May it always be like this. Shabraft Sabu Haumat Kamraft Futu Haumat Hoshi Derachan Shut Tabal Chenin Bada. The night left, the morning came, the sadness left, victory arrived, the sun became bright or started to shine. May it always be like this. Eid Aumad O Eid Aumad Yari Ke Ramid Aumad Eid Aumne Farawan Shut Tabaud Chenin Bada Eid Aumad Eid is festivity It's celebration The day of celebration came Eid is also a new day When you begin a month When you begin a new year is Eid So the new day came. The day of celebration came. The beloved who had left me came back. Gifts are plentiful. May it always be like this. Because on, on Eids, on days of festivity, one thing that people had to do was give each other's gift, which is, of course, a universal thing in all traditions people do. But see so much flow and happiness in this ocean that I'm trying to describe to you comes out of the body of the, of the words in here. Her anger turned into kindness. Even poison has turned into a sweet drink. The clouds are now raining sweetness. May it always be like this. خاموش که سرمستم بربست کسی دستم اندیشه پریشان شد تا باد چنین بادا Please be silent Don't say anything I'm just drunk It's as if somebody has tied my hands My thoughts are not working anymore May it always be like this well, I've done a very quick, spontaneous translation of these beautiful, playful, and at the same time, complex verses. And I'm not so sure how much justice it does to what the divan is. But at least it gives you a taste. And remember that we've always talked about how important tasting is. For the Sufis, the most important spiritual step ever 
was zok or tasting of the experience. And so let me end this episode of Radio Rumi with this lovely line that I read earlier. قم رفت و گریه رفت بقای من و تو باد هر جا که گریه است کنون خنده می شود Sadness left Tears left May you and I survive and be together wherever there is a tear now turns into laughter Looking forward to talking to you next time Till then Bomen sana mal den 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 den